there's a lot of different interests uh, that are being governed by this one agreement. And that makes it really, really difficult for people on both sides to reach an agreement. I mean, SAG has 160,000 members. That's Rebecca Rittenhouse. She's a great friend of mine. She's American and based in LA. And she is a very, very good working actor. There is so much going on in Los Angeles right now with the writers' strikes and the SAG actors' strikes. It's impacting too much, I think, to not talk about it as a creative industry podcast. So Rebecca gave me a full 360 on the situation. It's super complicated. And I chose not to do the pre-work of like learning the alliances acronyms because I think it helps more that she actually explains it from the very beginning. And we need to learn it together. The agreements that we're talking about in this chat and the guilds and alliances that they're basically agreeing on are like 800 plus pages. So we covered a lot of ground in this chat. There's a lot of angles, a lot to think about. And as somebody in the Australian media, we're so helpless to this, but also our industry is radically affected. Like my own camera crew, six guys on a music video that I just did incredible talents like over lunch they were chatting about it and you could see the stress on their faces that they may not be able to work to their usual pay grade until well after this is solved when u.s shows reach our shores again it just makes me want to shoot way more work here so that i can keep them in jobs but it's sad and honestly fascinating that as an industry going through this in 2023 like Oh, anyway, let's dive in. It's so comprehensive and I'm excited to be able to share this chat with you. Welcome to Process the Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Thomas, motion director, social strategist, and founder of production company Cinematom. Recently, founder of new mobile first production company, Tom Projects. Process is the home of creativity, where we go under the hood with the world's creme de la creme of working creatives and hear about their unique creative process. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land which this podcast was recorded on today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past and present. Okay, so you and I jumped into this call and you were like, how are you? And I just burst into tears. (laughs) Which is probably like a testament to our friendship. But there's just been... One of those years, you know. Yes, 100%. And you and I haven't chatted face-to-face. We've, like, texted and, like, DM'd. I feel like we live our lives and then we have one of these, like, DM friendships where we're, like, amazing from, like, afar. But, like, we haven't actually been, like, how the fuck are On the highlight reel? Yeah. Like, what's the... the What's the the bad side of things, the non-Instagram side? Yeah, like, what's the venting? Do you need to vent? But turns out I needed to vent. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you did. (laughs) Yeah, so I, for context, you and I went to drama school together in New York. Mm -hmm. It was the best. And you are, you were and you are probably the most diligent, hardworking actor I've ever met to this day still. Gosh, that is such a compliment. Thank but, you. But like the way that Made you my like, day. <laughs> the way that like you would just like prepare and you just I like look up to you in a way that you just get out of your own way. I don't think that you have you in the way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. Of course, my perspective is not <laughs> I don't feel that way about myself, but, um, but thank you for saying that. I really, that means a lot to me. And, um, 
Yeah, thank you. So we were, yeah, in drama school. I think you're maybe like two or three years older than me, maybe. I don't know. But I, st- I don't know. I'm old now. Though. No, you're not. Shut up. But to this yeah. day, I still like, I really look up to you because I came back down to Australia, got in front of the camera, did some shit, then came behind the camera because I was like, mm, I'm a little bit, I was exhausted of trying. And then yeah. when you're in the States, your career kicked off um with red band society and all of that and then fast forward you had your own show on hulu maggie which was so fun and i feel like i was just fucking hanging out with you the whole time it was actually the best thing to watch ever and i highly recommend people binge it because it's just the best and you're so like good at that vibe of like i feel like it's like a jennifer lawrence vibe going on where you just it's wow. the best. No, I feel like you're just uh, really. This is. I like is Ariel fucking here more often. <laughs> is Ariel obsessed with Rebecca? No. No, I just you're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like when we're in LA, I'll probably crash in your spare bedroom, and we'll actually. Yes, do like, you will. You're welcome anytime. We'll do like a proper recording about what it is—the process of an actor. But of an actor. Yes. But for now, what the fuck is going on in LA? Because. <sighs> We have it's had it a crazy. small portion of it here in the in Melbourne in particular. We had a show that was coming in. A guy that is like kind of co-owns a production company that I'm sort of like I work with them a little bit. They, as a director, they built the biggest soundstage and LED screen thing in the Southern Hemisphere, and basically it's like new technology for screens. And, like, it's a huge fuck-off thing, and then basically they can put any backdrop on the back of it and it looks right, like a yeah, whole film set. I've seen that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that. And then now, obviously, the show is not coming. So it's impacted Melbourne because there was, like, 4,000 jobs or something. All these right. people are, like, okay, sick, sick, sick. But, like, that's just <laughs> Melbourne. Great. Love that for us. But, obviously, there is a whole bigger thing going on, and I wanted to talk to you about it because you're from the source and you're also articulate as fuck. So... Talk me through it. (laughs) Well, um, the WGA and the Screen Actors Guild are both striking right now. Um, I I don't think a a dual strike has happened since like 1960 or something like that. So um, it's been a really, really long time. Um, And obviously SAG is not a union that likes to strike. We haven't been on strike since the seventies, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, it's really a moment of real solidarity between the unions. And, um, clearly there are a lot of things that need to change and there's a lot of issues on the table. And so much of that has to do with complexities of how the business has changed over the last five years, well, 10 years, really. Um, you know, and, and streamers coming in, especially Netflix and Amazon and Apple entering the game and the dynamics at play between all of them. So, um, it's just, it's a really, really complicated time and writers and actors are, have really felt a lot of the brunt of, um, the way the business has changed in our compensation and, um, we're like, we got to change that. We need money. We got to live. Yeah. You know, the, the, the one that broke my heart, you know, Gilmore girls, the guy, yeah, 
the guy that plays, I can't remember his name, but he's like the funny like guy off to the side. What's his name? And he's like, he's not weird. I don't want to call him weird, but he's oh, like. Oh yeah, but he's like a very, he's a character actor. He's like, he's tall and thin. He has, yes. he's like got big eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he, I know who you're talking about. He is, he spoke to camera and then that came down to Australian media. Like our like kind of mainstream media was a clip of him being like, you know, I was on one show in my life, Gilmore Girls. That is like a cult show. It does its top 10 for Netflix period of all time. And I don't see a cent of that. And I haven't worked yeah. since I actually did that show. So is that like one of the best examples or is there another example of? Oh my gosh. I mean, there's so many examples, right? Because residuals from those streamers are not based on the success of your show. Um, so when you do have a massive hit like that, um, and you're not seeing any residuals, it feels really unfair because mm -hmm. of how up and down this business can be. And that's sort of been the bread and butter for a lot of actors, including myself. You know, my residuals have gotten me through years where I haven't worked and yeah. allowed me to qualify for health insurance. And, um, you know, health insurance is a, is a really expensive thing to fund. As of right now, I think only 13% of actors in SAG even qualify for the health insurance. And there used to be two tiers of plans and they got rid of the lower tier plan, which was a more basic coverage plan. They got rid of that. And so now you have to make $26,000 a year to qualify for health insurance. And the way that residuals have dropped off people are losing right. their coverage. And so like for me, you know, I wouldn't have made my health insurance coverage if I didn't have my skincare campaign. Yeah. Right. Like that was, that was a big deal for me because, and also you, you know, it's, it's a, it's a specific year window. It's not that you need to work from January to December one year. It's like my window is like April to April. Right. So even though I wor was working at the beginning of 2022 on set, um, because my window ended in April and then I didn't work, mm. I, the Fuck. 20, I didn't, I was going to miss my coverage. So, um, luckily I had something else going on there, but my residuals, they were just so low and, and it's interesting, right? That as, as I've become more successful in my career and had more leads in shows and, um, been doing well, it, it seems from the outside, right? Um, my residuals have, have steadily decreased. Right. So, and, and I know that that's true for a lot of people. My good friend was just on an HBO show that came out called, um, White House Plumbers. And she was a star of another Netflix series and she didn't get enough residuals. She didn't qualify. Her, her period just wow. ended the, the covered earnings period. And, and she's, she's going to have to buy health insurance next year. Like that shouldn't be happening. Yeah. For, wow. for actors that really are, you know, we're working actors and, and that's just one signal, right? That something's really wrong. Wow. I think, and I sent it to you, the New York times wrote an article basically about, mm -hmm how this actually gets solved and kind of did a call out essentially that like power brokers have to do something like how does this actually right. get solved? You know, it's these negotiations are really complex and I'm certainly not an expert on them. So I can only speak to like, you know, what I've read or what I've been 
following um, via the the trades and the strike talk podcast on deadline. But um, it seems that now some conversations are starting to happen between people who are, you know, leading agencies and, and top actors and people at the top of their field that are, you know, kind of having more private conversations. Mm -hmm. It seems like from what I'm hearing um, in, in terms of figuring out how to move this along, because it doesn't seem like the negotiating committee um, is, is the best way to go about it. I think, I think that the AMPTP is also an entity that like, doesn't really make any sense to me personally, Mm. from a business perspective, like why would the legacy media companies and Amazon and Apple be aligned, you know, like Amazon and Apple's core business is not entertainment. It's kind of just fun for them. So why, why would they negotiate the same way that Paramount is negotiating? That doesn't make any sense to me. So, and yet there's, they're trying to do that. So, you know, I am wondering, I'm in that camp of people wondering if the AMPTP is going to kind of split up, if there's going to be multiple agreements that come out of this, what's going to happen? Because I don't think that it's necessarily, I don't, from what I'm hearing, it's not that the AMPTP is totally aligned and unified against the WGA and against SAG. That's not what's happening. They're not aligned within themselves. So that makes it impossible to make an agreement with these unions. That's, oh, it's so complicated. How yeah. does how does somebody like your dad, who is like an incredible figure in your life? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, one of the smartest people I've ever met. You know, he's he's a lot like Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Amazing visual. How does someone like him, like, how is he talking to you about this? I mean, being a third party he and a gets dad. very nervous. He gets very <laughs> nervous, you know, about like my career and my future and like, is this ever going to resolve? Also, I think, you know, two shutdowns in three years is really tough on people economically. Yeah. And, you know, when you're in your own bubble, just living your day to day existence, you're it's it's so easy to get tempted into the like, is it me? Am I am I doing something wrong? Like, like you know, it's especially yeah. because the environment started to change a year ago. You know, yeah. in terms of less shows getting made, people taking less risks, um, and that trickles down to casting decisions. Because if you have a big, expensive show, right? Like your your casting list goes from you know a wide pool of people that you could see doing the part to like a really small group of people where you're mm-hmm. like we're not going to make this unless we get this star attached because it's too much of a risk. And so um things have felt weird for a while now. And so you you start to wonder that and then you know I think someone like my dad who is very much not in Hollywood mm. kind of is wondering the same thing like what's going on like should she really be investing her time um and yeah, her so volatile youth. right yeah yeah you know and and my dad of course is like well you can do anything with you want with your life like do you really want to be doing this so um 
I, I understand. I understand his concern. Um, but it's hard also, you know, it's like I've now invested 10 years of my life into this career and, and I do love it and I love being on set and I love acting obviously. And, um, it would be, I, it's so, I, I can't really imagine like pivoting, you know, I can, I, I can really only imagine adding other creative pursuits, um, and business pursuits onto my plate, you know? I just yeah. can't even imagine really like being like, I'm not going to be an actor anymore. That would just be so, I don't know. It w- I would just feel like it was such a waste. Yeah, definitely. Is there a lot of people in the industry that are like, I th- uh, like obviously there are people that have had to pivot right now because they have to do something else to earn money. Yeah. Is the, at your level are there conversations happening like among your friends that do have shows that are working actors that are somewhat in demand? Are they feeling the same way that you are being like, okay, I'm going to maybe create. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think all of us kind of feel this way to a certain extent. Um, I don't want to say no matter how successful they are, but you know, I think it's kind of normal to be in any scenario to be an actor and kind of, when you're going through a lull, you know, to think like, mm. should I really be doing this? Like, like is the grass greener kind of a thing? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And then the, the last three years have just really, I think compounded that feeling for a lot of people, but yeah, I mean, it is, it is kind of interesting. Like an actor like me, like I live off of my acting, you know, mm. I don't have another job and I know there are a lot of actors in SAG who do have other jobs. Um, and then of course there are actors in SAG that are like the, the most successful, the most Mm. wealthy who can like easily weather a period like this, um, financially. And I'm not one of those. (laughs) I'm like, would like to go back to work. Like, you know, I'm very much so a person that's yeah. like, I'm doing pretty well, but like, I need, I have a mortgage and I don't yeah. have another job. Right. Like, I'm like, I would like to go back to work. I yes. would like to go back to work, you know, because I yeah. would like to have a life. I would like to feel. And as I get into my thirties, you know, I'm like, Oh gosh, like I would like to feel the freedom of like, when can I have a child? You know, yeah, like I, I, there's all these big life questions that start to come up and it just starts to feel really stressful and, you know, nothing is in your control and you have no visibility into the future. And it's just such. What's the energy at the moment in LA? Firstly, like on the, you remember COVID how, well, I mean, you weren't in Melbourne, the worst lockdown city in the world, but I'll, it was fucking bleak. Like you'd walk you around. You guys and, and Toronto was pretty yeah. bad too. I was just talking to my friends in Toronto. They were like, I, they were, some of them were like, I had to delete social media because I couldn't yeah. watch when the world was opened up and we were still like yeah. sitting here locked in our houses. Wild. That the energy around was either really like, um, why don't you have a mask on? Like, do you have it? Am I going to catch it? Kind of a vibe. Or, right. or it was kind of like Ned Flanders because people were like so happy to see their neighbor and it was like hardly, mm-hmm. hardly like a human interaction. <laughs> so on the on like a street kind of level, when you see your neighbors in like Hollywood and LA and all that, you're in the hills right now, right? 
Yeah. Like what's the vibe at the grocery store? I mean, everyone's just sort of commiserating about it and kind of like sharing information, what they're hearing on the streets. Cause like nobody really knows unless you're in those I mean, the rooms, yeah, the negotiations have not been happening. I mean, now I guess they've resumed some talking, but I, I am not exactly sure where that stands, but, um, you know, people are just kind of like, like the picket lines are very much so a place of like, you're catching up with people, you know, you're meeting new people, which is a positive, um, that you wouldn't have necessarily met otherwise. Uh, but you mean just socially? Yeah. And well, socially and, you know, you know, it's like, oh, now I know this writer. Now I know this, um, other actor now, you know, it's just kind of like an interesting, um, natural way that your network expands, which Mm. is a positive, um, of being on the picket line. Um, but yeah, I mean, people are generally, like commiserating, but kind of like we're in this together and nobody really knows how it's going to turn out. And everybody's just trying to get through it and stay positive. And I think we're just happy that it's not also combined with social distancing Yes, or lockdowns, you know, it's just, it's, it's a different, it's a different feeling. I mean, I really feel for people who, depend on a paycheck every week to to get through this um to the way they live their lives like if you're if you're a teamster you know you're you're depending on a production happening and you know you this this kind of situation can make you lose your house yeah like Mm. this is not it's not funny you know it's not like it's, it's really, really bad for a lot of people. And it's bad for the economy of Los Angeles in general. Mm-hmm. My agent was telling me that one of his friends, he owns this popular restaurant in East Hollywood. And he said that his revenue has been down like 20, 20, 25% since May. Is that just because you know, people got are it. more tight with their wallets because they yeah. just don't have the... Yeah, right. 100%. People don't want to spend as much on groceries. They don't want to spend as much on, you know, they don't want to go get an expensive manicure because people are freaked out because we don't know when it's going to end. And everybody's saying, oh, it's going to go through the end of the year. Oh, I, I mean, I, somebody told me yesterday that it's going to go on until March. That would be nearly a year. It, but it's obviously not just you guys. Like the whole industries beyond the entertainment industry are affected, right? I think obviously, you know, the, it's not just the entertainment industry, right? That's yeah. struggling. It's like every, all industries, we went from a growth focus to a profitability focus. And when people started to change the way they're looking at public companies and, and assessing how they're doing um, and people's stocks start falling because of that, that creates a lot of economic tension and belt tightening and hiring freezes and fear really the fear drives all of it um and you know part of that is interest rates going up and debt becoming so much more expensive and um it just that's that's what happens to an economy right when you're trying to control inflation and um yeah i mean it's it's not like 
it's not surprising to me that this is going on given Mm. how many dollars were injected into the U S economy and economies all over the world. Like it's, it seems pretty logical that this is happening now, but, um, it's really unfortunate for people trying to live their lives and go to work. And, and, you know, I think with the strike, that's one thing. It's like, we want to work. It's not like yeah. we don't want to work, you know, yeah. it's, it's, we very, very much so want to work. And it's tough because obviously SAG and the WGA really care about crews and all of the people affected by this, but we're also at a really important moment in time where if we don't rein this in now, we're going to set precedents that just make it untenable to be in this business as like a working actor or a working writer, you know, not Ryan Murphy or Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. A24 are in production at the moment for some things like that's come up. Well, A24 is not a struck company. They're not part of the AMPTP. Um, so they are allowed to apply for waivers for their productions. So some of those are obviously continuing. I mean, I believe that you have to wait for a waiver to come through, but um, but yeah, those those ones are allowed to continue as long as they have a waiver, as long as they're, they're truly independent, you know. As an actor, are you guys like talking to your agent and management being like, uh, do they have any scripts? Like are people scavenging for opportunities like that? Yes, I'm sure they are. I have not seen any of that <laughs> through for me. <laughs> I would love that. Um, but that has not been the case so far. Um, but I also think, you know, they're working on getting things that are already in production back up. Right. Um, so I'm not really sure how much, how many like new projects are really casting. Okay. So if we think about like, I think we all became really aware of this, um, internationally because like Barbie and stuff were all on their press junkets. They were doing a huge job and then basically it stopped. And then we obviously heard about the walk, the walkout in the London premiere of, of Oppenheimer. Yeah. So how like Venice Film Festival is happening at the moment or like it's about to happen. Um, And that is a huge moment for people that have made films and like that is probably the most pinnacle moment in people's careers to to be at Venice for the filmmakers. Like, for example, Bradley Cooper's in um, Maestro. That's for Netflix though, isn't it? Like he's not going to be able to go promote that. No, not at all. So like but he can't go promote that film. And then so many people have worked for years getting that film up. Is it like, yeah, no, it's, it, is it's it sad? sad? It's it, horrible. Like, yeah. It's very sad. Of course it's sad. I mean, and, and I feel for, I mean, even the actors who can go, who can, you know, if their film is totally independent and it's mm. one of those that you're allowed to promote. Um, like even that's sad, right? Because there are actors in SAG who feel like, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. You know, you should just be in solidarity, um, no matter what. Even if your film is not part of a, is not a made by a struck company. And I don't know. I feel, 
I feel sad for those actors to be in that position, you know, because yeah. it's so hard. It's so hard to succeed as an actor and to have, like you said, to have your film be premiering at Venice. Like what a wonderful thing in your life, you know, that's such a, such an achievement. So to, to have that, um, be a bittersweet experience instead of just a sweet one. is just, yeah, I just think it's a shame. So, and there's also the, like the promo side influencers and like TikTokers, they're in a very weird spot because they can't promo films either. Yeah. Like- I mean, yeah, it's yes. Yeah, because they, I mean, a lot of them want to eventually be in SAG, right? So, um, you know, SAG's made it very clear oh, that if they promote so things for studios that they will, that they will, you know, not allow them to become a Screen Actors Guild member. Um, yeah. But like, if they did, if like a TikToker did promote it and they were a very good TikToker and then the box office dollars hit like, and then the, and then every, because it's so hard because it's like past tense, like people want that work to be celebrated and they obviously want the film to do well. Oh, it's so messy. I mean, I mean, it's the same thing with, you know, going to see Barbie, right? It's like, okay, you're giving the studio money as an actor, but then of course, like I, I'm a huge fan of Greta Gerwig. Like to me, it's more important that her movie does well. Yeah. Um, right off the bat, you know, because obviously as we know, women have to work twice as hard to receive half the credit. So, um, supporting her to me was like so much more important than anything else. And Margot Robbie, because she really took such a big swing with that. And that is to be respected. And, so, you know, you're like, okay, well, got to bite the bullet here because it's so much more important that everyone sees that um, their work yeah. as women in this industry is important. And, and, it, and it also proves the point that, that writers and actors, talent in general is crucial, crucial mm-hmm. to this industry. Do you, what, what are you doing with your downtime? Are you, do you feel like, are your peers I weirdly like- I feel like I don't have a lot of downtime. I just like, I'm one of those people that tends to like put a lot of things on their plate and like yeah. just be, uh, I'm just doing creative things. You know, my, my friend Olivia and I are starting a jewelry line and <gasps> I'm doing research to start a different business. And then I'm also, you know, like using some time to write and I, I, um, have a new house. And so there's things to do with the house and, um, there's just like a lot to do on a, on a daily basis. Mm. (laughs) So I luckily don't really feel, I feel sad. I don't feel bored, but I feel sad, you know, cause I feel, um, I, I've learned about myself in the last few years that, when I am not inspired or working towards something creative, um, I get depressed naturally, you know? So, um, yeah. So I just keep myself busy. Do you, like I've even seen on your Instagram, for example, you're doing things like putting like more emphasis on outfits. Yes. Yeah. So like, (laughs) it's so funny, right? Because like, 
for a long time. Like I've always, I mean, I'm a huge clothes horse. I really, I have a whole, I made a bedroom of closet. I know I mean, my I house right is old, I'm obsessed you know, with it. <laughs> it doesn't have any closet space. So I like had to do that. But, um, I am like, I really love clothing and I've always loved, that's like another outlet for my creativity and, um, so many of my friends are like, you know, why are you posting your outfits? And so I'm like, okay, like I'll do it. And then it's, it's like, at first you're like, I'm bad at this. And I like, don't know how to like make reels. And it's like, embarrassing. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, whatever. I don't care anymore. Like you just do it for you and it's fun. And yeah. I, I'm obsessed with it. Keep it coming because it's so, okay, it's just <laughs> so cute. But is it like, are there actors and you included, like yes, a jewelry line and all that? I think if you guys had more influence on social, that would then, when all this like comes back to life, give you more leverage because you have a bigger following and all that. Is that like, yeah, you guys- and that's, you know, and that's what I'm realizing. I feel like it's so weird being an actor now in this like age of influencers and stuff. Like, it always felt kind of like you had to like really like protect your your image and like being serious and like not give all this stuff away. And, and, um, you know, you are one thing, you are an actor. And if you do anything beyond that, then like, you're going to mess up your actorness. And I'm like, that's (laughs) annoying and unfair. Like you need, you need to be in this box. And I don't like when people tell me that I can't do something, you know, I'm like, I don't, I'm not responding well to that. Um, and I don't see why you can't be many things, why you can't do many things. You know, I, I just, that's, that's not, that's not my attitude. Yeah, for sure. Well, I love it. Keep it coming. The outfit, the, the pillar of the fashion of your personal brand is (laughs) to me and I love it. Thank you. (laughs) So you've mentioned the to go back to the strike situation you keep saying a very um hectic bunch of um initials the dun and oh sorry amptp yeah so that's the entity that represents all of the studios i think there's like 350 members or something but like netflix apple amazon paramount warner disney they're all in that so when you're like okay what's the solution here how can you like what comes to mind of like what's actually going to solve this problem? Well, you know, I think, oh, there's a, there's a few layers here. Like SAG has, has made agreements over the last many years that are, you know, they, they haven't taken huge leaps forward. And now I think SAG is using this moment of leverage to try to take a really, really big leap forward. Obviously Mm. studios are resisting that. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you saw that clip of Bob Iger saying that the writer's demands are unrealistic. And, and obviously people were really offended by that since he was like speaking from a billionaire's conference in Sun Valley. And everyone's <laughs> like, mm, okay, okay, Bob. Just a little footnote. Bob Iger is the CEO of Disney and one of the most respected heads of studios in the world. His book, Ride of a Lifetime, is one of my favorite books on leadership and business. But since his views and commentary are not really in solidarity with the people on the ground every day, day in, day out of the working uh, industry, he very publicly stated that he thought 
writers and actors' expectations are not realistic and it's very disturbing to me, quote, unquote. So not cool, Bob. That's what Rebecca was referencing just then. I think that in any negotiation, both sides are reaching for something more than they ultimately believe they're going to get, right? That's kind of what you do in a negotiation. You start here so you can end up here. Um, and so obviously both sides are going to have to concede on some things. Um, yeah. I am not in control of, and I'm not positive what exactly those things will be. Uh, but I mean, it's, I think it's just going to take time and, and, you know, the emotions have been running really high in these negotiations. I think like dialing the emotion down is going to help when people just get, <laughs> emotionally fatigued to the point where it's like, okay, we just really have to have to figure this out and come to an agreement. Um, and probably some third parties getting involved in mm. brokering the situation. And do you yeah, think that um, like, like, so is it that, that overarching, what do you call it? A guild? Like, no, it's not a guild. What is the a, a, da, 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 da. uh, it's an alliance. Okay, so that alliance, do you think that is it that studios like Paramount will solve their, is Paramount going to do it and then Amazon do it or does the alliance have to do it as a whole for all three? Well, that's part of the issue as I understand it is that the alliance has to do it as a whole thing. So, um, Oh, my God, what, that is so complicated. What, yeah, so and especially when their businesses are so different. Um, and then, you know, obviously like Netflix doesn't want to share its information doesn't want to share how oh many people God. are watching their things. Like yeah. there's, there's so many layers to it and to how the business has evolved and, and um, who these big players have become. And some of them like literally could not care. They could care. They could not care less about their entertainment business. Right. Like, yeah. Like Apple is like, this is fun. Oh my God. Amazon's like, it. We love this. This is great. What a fun thing to have, you know, and other studios are like, no, no, no this is what we do. <laughs> this is the only thing we do. This is, uh, you know, Netflix, it's their only business, right? Yeah. So um, it's just like a really weird alliance to me. I'm like, how are all of you going to find common ground here? So I really do wonder if there's going, if this is a time where at least if not now, maybe the next time the agreement's up, which is in three years. Yeah. Um, if, if there are multiple different agreements that, that come out of it. Timing wise, they, like you mentioned horror story, if this actually goes to March, 2024 disaster, what happens then with like Say, for example, people are like making, like people are off the cuff saying things like, well, we're not going to get any new shows on Netflix for a while or like whatever. But what's the actual timing that domestically viewers will see happen? Like this will get solved whenever. And then. Well, I mean, you know, it takes time for things to ramp up, right? Mm -hmm. Like productions that have been shut down will hopefully get back to work right away. And then, I mean, depending on their production schedule, um, you know, they have to then edit it and then mm. get it ready to, to be shown. Um, but 
I mean, it's going to take some time. I think people are going to feel a gap in content. There's going to be just like a lot of reality type content, uh, unscripted and, um, filler. So, so someone like you, who you probably like, I should be a reality star is what you're saying. I see yes, you're onto you, something. Yeah, you should definitely do that. Of course, I was going to say that, but also. Oh my god, are you kidding me? I would, I would move to the Arctic before I went on a reality TV show. I reckon they'd like record me doing like my normal like inner monologue of like doopy doopy doo, and then I'd be the dumb one, even though I'm really not dumb. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, you've so, got to really, you've got to, yeah, you, I, it's not for me. When's the next, like, time that you'll be? I don't I mean, know. We don't, we don't know. This is fucked. SAG has to, I mean, I mean, theoretically, SAG could reach an agreement and the WGA still hasn't reached an agreement. And then, you know, then I could, I would start auditioning again um, in theory. But uh, are you, I don't know. With the podcast you mentioned on Deadline, is it going to happen that like you guys get told that negotiations are coming to a head or like they're close, like people are doing things or is it going to like, you guys are going to wake up one morning and it's done. Like how? Yeah, no, I think, I think that will be through the grapevine that people will be, you know, people will hear that things are moving along and you know, you know, when, when the woman who's negotiating for the MPTP requests to meet with, the guilds. And, um, so, you know, people, people hear things and people talk and, um, I, I don't think, you know, as nice as it would be that we'll wake up and everything will be solved. And also obviously when there is an agreement that's reached, the guild has to ratify it. So, so now we're in like start a second week of August, 2023. What's the vibe now? Like where it's at? No, I think that, that there is some movement happening. Um, I don't know on, on what points, um, but yeah, I think people are really ready to move things along. Well, that's good. I know I am. Yeah, no shit. Oh, I'm like, man. let me get in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I can imagine it would just be like, what kind of idiots are like running this shit? Why is this so hard? But it is. I just so think it's so layers. hard because there's so many layers. The business has changed so much. And, um, you know, there's a lot of different interests uh, that are being governed by this one agreement. And that makes it really, really difficult for people on both sides to reach an agreement. I mean, SAG has 160,000 members. That's, That's so a, intense. It's, I'm the biggest union in the U.S. for sure. So, um, that is covers it really is it the biggest union in the U.S. I, I think so. Yeah. So that covers you know anyone who does like uh, on camera work. If you're if you're you know I have a friend who who does on camera reporting for the Today Show and she's under the SAG agreement, right? So there's a lot of things that she doesn't care about um, that you know are holding up her side of things. Yeah. And wow. She, you know, what's like, what's a positive for us right now in this world? <laughs> um, I mean, you know, difficult times, uh, breed camaraderie. Um, I think that is a positive. I think, um, it could be a positive for indie film, you know, cause there's 
an appetite for that. Yes. Yeah. It's one of the things that can be done right now. Um, and it's always darkest before the dawn. Oh, okay. I like it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the world is going through this just fundamental shift. Everyone in their lives is challenged, right? It's not like, oh, I'm going through this hard time. Yes. Everyone at most (laughs) moments in life is like being challenged in some way. And it's all about how you respond to that. And it's like, it's okay to, to be upset and to grieve and to have moments or days where you're just like, I am, I feel so beat up. Like Mm -hmm. I can't. I'm tired of trying. I'm tired of persevering. But I think if the overall trend is that is in the direction of perseverance, even if it's like a sort of wavy line, (laughs) um, that's, that's what you've, you've got to do. Um, and that's how you kind of become who you are and figure out who you want to be. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's easy to be hard on yourself when you have those moments of just like, I feel so sorry for myself right now, or I feel like I can't keep going. Um, yeah. But we always do. Mm. We always do, don't we? I mean, you certainly are. Yeah, that's how we started our conversation. Mm-hmm. You were very sweet to say that some good will come from this. So I believe that it will also for you. Yeah. And we shall persevere. I can't think of a lot of situations where I haven't felt some good come from from it. You know, it's all, mm. it's obviously a perspective thing as well. But, um, you know, even like my mom dying, you know, that was obviously the one of the worst experiences of my life, but it did give me some things It gave me a new perspective on gratitude and, you know, how, how to live your life in the present and um, just the importance of my relationships that I still do have. And that's mm-hmm. really, those lessons are like, you can't, it's hard to learn them without something like that happening. You spitting that out and saying that is so you. (laughs) So many people would just not be able. I think that they would compute it and be like, yes, a a moment in time and this challenge has obviously given me X, Y, Z, but you're so articulate in it that it's a gift how articulate you are as a friend as well because there's not enough people out there like you to look at things with hindsight and be like, yeah, this is why this happened and this is that. And then also to share it. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I just, I really believe you kind of have to in order to keep going and, and survive in that. Like, I don't really believe that there is like any meaning to any of this other than what you make of it. So um, mm. to me, that's important. Well, ending on a high note because we're so sentimental right now. Yes, yeah. When is the best time to come and visit you in LA? Is it now when you're not working or is it depressing over there? No, it's still great. I mean, it's sunny. It's pretty. <laughs> okay, sure. Anytime. You're welcome anytime. I mean, you know, it's like, whatever. Life goes on. We'll figure it out. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, 
I'll um, talk to you offline about my calendar and we'll hook something up. Okay, great. Perfect. (laughs) We'll figure it out. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Well, I'm really excited for us to chat again on the podcast, maybe in like mm, 18 months time where like we can identify the good and be like, yeah, "Yeah, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that would be, I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me and I'll uh, talk to you on the DMs. Okay. Love you. This chat really reflected the complexities that our entertainment industry must be going through right now. My heart really grieves for the films, the actors, the crew members, the writers, directors, producers, just everybody. Wow. And Rebecca mentioned going to the movies or turning on Netflix is essentially giving studios and streamers money. And they're the ones that the workforces are up against. So how to help or show solidarity from afar is with your actions is really hard. One thing that we can do as like an up note is to really get around Rebecca's Instagram and show her some love for her outfits and whatever projects she personally brings to fruition because my God, she is just the most stylish person ever. Her Instagram is at Rebecca Rittenhouse. And I guess if you see actors or entertainers that you love doing something else with their creative expression during this time, something that we could do is support it, comment on it, and get around it because their livelihood is being challenged. At the end of this episode recording offline, Rebecca and I were chatting about um, what I want to do with this podcast and I was like off the cuff, I want to be like the Joe Rogan of creativity, so ambitious but cool. So if you loved this episode, please leave a review or share it with a friend. I need all the love that I can get. Thank you guys for listening to us. Have a heartfelt and really deep chat about what's going on um, in the entertainment industry. And I will see you next week.